Everybody blow your nose, belch, whatever you got to do. Oh, I can't do that on the show? Better be a pretty damn good belch. Well, you know me. <laughs> it's what attracted me to you from the very beginning. <laughs> slum, slum, slum. From Geek Planet Online, the Slumgullion. Jeff and Scott host the Slumgullion. And I don't know what that word means. The Time Tunnel! And welcome to the Slumgullion! America's only podcast. Shame, really. I'm half your host, Scott. With me is the new movie crew, Mary C., Blanche Ramirez, and John Zura as the Beaver. Now, the other half of your host is... Well, hang on. Let me adjust the knobs of my ham radio and see if we can tune in Jeff. Or, as he's known in the cloak and dagger business these days, codename Waldo. Jeff, are you there? No, 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 wait, no, wait, wait, wait. I'm telling you, that's not where you're supposed to put that, all right? Give me a couple seconds, and, and, and we'll get into that. Uh, Scott, Scott, can you hear me? Uh, yeah, I'm regretting it, but I can. The, the crew has assembled, yes? Yes, we're all set to for our first... Yeah, no, I think this is the first time we yes. got everybody since COVID. Yeah, first post-COVID group thing. Yeah. Um, okay, just to let you know, uh, things have gotten a bit weird. Um, I am now on the planet Coosbane, and I'm being forced to watch Puppets Fuck, and it's really kind of um, erotic. But so I'm going to try to ignore this because we have a film to talk about, don't we? It's true, we do. Although I would like to note that suddenly those Mormon planets you're supposed to get when you die sound a lot less cool than they did before. We are here, yes, to discuss pretty much the first major Marvel release of the post-COVID era, if I may call it that. And I have a terrible feeling I just jinxed it. Black Widow. So, we all saw it. Uh, one of us saw it under protest. And <laughs> because of that, well, let me set the scene, friends. So, it's our anniversary. By that, I mean Mary and I. And we decide to go see Black Widow and have dinner somewhere, something we haven't done in close to two years. So, that happened in conjunction with seeing this film. So my critical faculties may be somewhat compromised. I am perhaps not as tough on this as I would be with any other movie because I was just delighted by the whole experience. Jeff, on the other hand, went only because I begged him and is resentful and stewing with bile. So I am not stewing with bile. I would say souping with bile, maybe even cup of souping with bile, but I am not stewing. All right. Just it's in my mouth. Just don't mug a lunch with bile, because that doesn't work out at all. <laughs> I love mug a lunch. <laughs> you, you are a minority of one, then. So, Jeff, since you, uh, you, you have a strong opinion about it, why don't you start the questioning of our panel? Well, uh, okay, here's the thing. I thoroughly enjoyed the acting. I thought this, was, this worked as a great introduction to Florence Pugh's character. 
You know, I really liked her. I really enjoyed David Harbour. The action scenes were nice. It was pretty. It looked good in 3D. There is really nothing bad that I can say about the film. It's just that I had no fucking emotional investment in it whatsoever. I tried. I wanted to. I went in in a good mood. I was high. I was happy. And, I mean, the opening shot looked really good in 3D. And I was like, okay, this is going to be fun. And the entire time I just I, I was watching something it, it was like watching your kids your your kids first um, kindergarten play you have no real interest but you have to watch it <laughs> okay and I actually can say I enjoyed it more than I enjoyed my, my kids um, first kindergarten play I mean I did I liked the acting I thought it was well directed it was okay I just I had no emotional investment if it had come out before she died I probably would have loved the film so that's it. I was thinking. So it's it's the fact that in canon, in continuity, she's a corpse, which meant that nothing that happened in this movie was important. To, to me, no. It's. I mean, I get. It. I mean, I know people are loving the film, and that's good. It's just for me. I, I'm gonna be. I'll, I'll be grumpy McGrump nuts on this one. It, yeah. I mean, the fact that this movie was made after she died and it was planned. It was gonna get made after she died anyway. But I mean, the fact that this is a prequel instead of just giving her. It just. It just. It rubs me the wrong way. She should have gotten this before now. Damn it. It. Like I said, I liked it. I. I mean, I. No, I didn't like it. I enjoyed it. It, but I, just, I had no emotional oomph to it. I was just sitting there going, okay, pretty lights, but bam, bam. You know, no, ooh, shiny. And I will shut up now because I want to hear people who enjoy the film talking about it. Well, I would like to ask John because John usually takes continuity and these external factors into account when judging the film. Did that bother you that essentially she's dead, that we were watching a zombie? Fortunately, at my age, I forgot she was dead. Ah, excellent. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, hardening of the arteries. You've come through again. Yep, it was it was afterward I went, Yeah, so what happened to her? And then Blanche reminded me, Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh, it was this was but this was after the film, so there you go. All right. Blanche, did that have any impact on the way you enjoyed the film? No, not really. I just was in the moment watching it and actually just having a really good time. No, the fact that knowing that, you know, her fate didn't bother me. I guess the point is you're supposed to go, oh, well, at least she reconnected or reconciled her past before she died. That's what I think you're supposed to take away from it. I think you're right. Uh, And the stakes, even though they were large action set pieces, the emotional stakes, I think, were deliberately small because it was just her kind of sorting out some stuff. Yes, before she died. Mary, did that haunt you while you were watching the film? It didn't haunt me. It did make it easier to watch some of the incredible fight scenes and action scenes and such because I was like, well, I know she's not going to die here. Right. That's it. Like, well, I know she'll be okay for this part. That's a good point. And it was something that occurred to me while watching the film. And somebody later put it in TV trope language when they said, it's hard to watch somebody go through a whole movie wearing plot armor. And I had a similar reaction because I was watching it going, well, she's not going to die. Nothing terrible's going to happen to her because she's got to appear in Endgame and have something terrible happen to her there. So I was aware of it, but it didn't really impact the movie too much for me. But we do that every time we watch any TV show that has action in it and, and danger and stuff like that. The star is not going to die because we got a whole season to go yet. We do that all the time. 
that's true yeah exactly no that's absolutely true and and i think well i know for a fact because i've been in script conferences and production meetings where these issues have come up people have just consumed way too damn much media they're on to us they know the (laughs) They, they know the, the tricks and the tips and the tropes and they know it when it's coming and they recognize it a mile away. And you can either just say, well, yeah, but there's a certain pleasure to anticipating something and then getting it. Mm-hmm. So it'll probably be OK. And then other times you, you try to write or play against that and try to fool the audience either with a red herring or actually going in an unexpected direction like Rogue One, where everybody dies. But the thing is, it, pretty much since the 80s on, you just have to get used to the fact that your hero's not going to die. Other than Rogue One, I don't remember a lot of big films where the hero perished at the end that wasn't made in the 70s, when you could still have depressing endings. Because everything now is pretty much framed or set up for sequels. They're, they're always hoping everything will become a franchise. Endgame had two deaths, Tony Stark and Natasha. Yes, because they, they had fatally reached the end of their contracts. Yeah. <laughs> And Robert Downey Jr. has now un- unfollowed all of his Marvel buddies on Instagram. Oh, did he? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it, is, it is all over a Twitter from what I can tell. Everyone's like, oh, no, Tony, no. Well, maybe he just doesn't want any spoilers. He's like, oh, no, I follow Tom Holland. <laughs> that's, that's a mistake if you don't like spoilers. Yeah. Pretty sure he probably talks to them on the phone i'm not that worried about instagram following uh, oh my god the family broke up how do you know they're not following each other on instagram <laughs> actually i would have been a lot closer to much of my family if that's all i had to do if we could have like an instagram thanksgiving everybody taking a picture <laughs> everyone takes a picture of their own turkey a very instagram thanksgiving like oh there's there's grandma's lime jello and cottage cheese salad presenting an instagram christmas <laughs> with the king family true though you're you're right scott i mean i'm i know what's up with a lot of my extended family more than i did before because of instagram and whatever because they'll share i'm like oh look you're on vacation nice yeah <laughs> i mean know? otherwise i would have no clue <laughs> exactly that's I'm the only sorry. way i knew my one of my little cousins got married i was that's, like oh yeah address, my, that's beautiful. my my niece got engaged and i saw it on instagram did I get a call from anybody? No. But I saw it on Instagram. I'm like, oh, well, congrats. Now they have a perfect excuse. Because why didn't you invite me to the wedding? Why didn't you tell me that you were getting married? Well, didn't you see it on Facebook? You commented. You liked it. Ah, foiled again. Damn it. All right. Well, this was sort of <laughs> this was sort of an Instagram or cinematic family reunion for Black Widow. And I'm going to start by saying that I did like her fake The Americans style family. Mm-hmm. Um I did like Rachel mm-hmm. Weisz, who I fully expected to be the treacherous bad guy. and I it, did, too. And I was so gobstopped when she turned out not to be. I thought, was this a rewrite in reaction to some bad test screenings? Or is this how they always intended it? The fact that she was not the surprise villain was very surprising to me. Anyone else have that reaction? Was anyone else expecting her to go bad? Um, I was, and I also expected what I now know is Taskmaster. I thought for sure that was uh, the dad. Oh, Red Guardian, the David Harbour yeah. character. I'm like, well, now I'm confused. Because <laughs> <laughs> I never knew who Task, Task, Task Guardian. <laughs> I never knew who Taskmaster Red was. Master. I didn't know about that either, and I, I guess there's some people who are really angry about how that went out, but since I didn't know anything about it, I didn't have any Thank problems with that. Me too. I'm with you on that. I'm like, I liked it. <laughs> I 
I will say that at the point where it turned out that she uh, turned them in, there was a thought in my mind saying, well, that's one way to get into the Red Room. Mm -hmm. uh, so I did have that thought. Ah, okay. And, uh, but then it got dissuaded when, when it looked like she really was the bad guy. Yeah. And then it, she mm. wasn't. <laughs> right. Oh, I'm so confused. goes this way, goes that way, goes this way. Yeah, when they announced that Red Guardian was going to be in, I thought, how is that going to work timeline-wise? Because if I'm not mistaken, and I, I could be, because I read these comics 30 years ago, but I think in the 80s, or it might have even been earlier, that character was sort of a foil for Captain America. It was the Soviet Captain America. And thinking, what? Wait, so how old is he supposed to be? But it kind of made sense that they started the movie, what was it, 1995 or 1996? Something like that. And their version of Captain America is basically doing what Carrie Russell and Matthew Reese did in The Americans. They were pretending to be locals while spying on us. And I thought, well, that's a weird use for a super soldier. But then again, this was only five years after the Soviet Union dissolved. So I was like, well, maybe they just didn't know what to do with him. Because for a while, the, the Cold War was pretty much on hiatus. So it, I bought it. They, they got by with it, but it was it was really it was really close. I mean, in the uh, in the comics, um, Black Widow was a product of Soviet conditioning, and I, I, they they kind of try and make it seem like she still is, even though that makes no sense. I uh, had read that she in the comics Widow was married to Red Guardian. Okay. That's all I'm, it was, I don't know when it was. Well, if people are upset that they gender swapped Taskmaster, then they're probably really upset that there's no longer this weird incestuous relationship between the father and the daughter. I'm fine with that not being an issue. I used to look up these movies before we go see them to refresh my memory about lore. And then I realized that they're, they make changes and they make right. you mad. So maybe it's better just not to know and just, just to let my, my memories crumble with age as they so dearly want to do because it, it worked as, for John. It is with me because I have no idea what goes on in the comics. And you're, you're probably perfectly happy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Well, let's talk a little bit about what they did with Taskmaster because as Blanche mentioned, boy, some people are very irked. Um, um, hang on, hang on, hang on. I, I, I really, really, really hate to interrupt because yeah, you're right. There are people who are butthurt and, and it's making me giggle, but, um, the, 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 the puppets, um, they've, they, they, they're now looking at me and one of them has a shotgun. The other one has a fez and they're reminding me of their things. And I think I just created a really weird nexus of that. No, Jesus Christ, it's time dick, time dick, time dick. If you're a woman, you know what it means to be needed. You know how much fun it can be. Let's take a Winston break. That's it! The Flintstones has been brought to you by Winston, America's best-selling, best-tasting filter cigarette. It's Tastes good like a cigarette should. Nobody makes a lather like foamy. So moist, so rich, so creamy. This special latex compound seals holes automatically. Hello? Anybody home? Martha! Here's why. Glow coat is extra hard. Great nuts breakfast time! Good! Nothing looks and feels so fine as a hair that's got that. 
halo shine, halo means a glowing sheen, shining bright and close up clean. They sure whipped that pudding up quick and easy, too. Just empty the package into a bowl that has some cold milk in it, and then you beat it up. Introducing the Sloppy Joe, a brand new dance. From Libby's, the people who make Sloppy Joes. Just heat and eat. And swing to the beat. Nothing like it anywhere. Get beef or pork. What do kids think of it? Man, it's the sloppiest. Okay, is everybody back on? Have we reestablished connection? Who's here? Say your name. Scott. Mary. Jeff. Blanche. John. Yay. So I thought, the whole Mouseketeer crew is here. I thought John and Blanche were going to switch it up and say each other's name. Just to screw uh, <laughs> Real fast, I got to tell you, um, thanks to the weird time variance thing, um, I am now in a reality where Black Widow was released before she died, and I actually really like it now. <laughs> Because now you're wondering about that end scene, like, happened to her. Yes, I'm very confused by that, but it's okay. And actually, there's a, there was an extra, there's a different end credit scene involving Howard the Duck and Doctor Strange. It was really kind of cool. But anyway, so Taskmaster is pissing people off. Well, people are saying that, one, they hated the look of him, which, I mean, it was not a great costume. And... They say that the character was so much better in the, the side missions of some PS4 game, which I have never played. And I'm thinking, well, that's great. If that's the Taskmaster you enjoyed, there you go. They did one for you. And here's another one. I, I might have been more miffed if Taskmaster had been the villain, but he was pretty much the, the villain's chief henchman. And I, I never have huge expectations for that sort of person, except that they will die in the third act. And that expectation was frustrated or thwarted. Yeah, since I don't know anything about the comics, the only issue I had with Taskmaster was, what was with that knit cowl? What the heck was that? I mean, that was from the what's costume. the point? The one thing that really made no sense was the one thing they added because it was more comics accurate. So you guys weren't worried about the rest of it. I thought it looked like Skeletor. <laughs> in the comics, yeah. How could you at least use it once or twice? You know, come on. That's the first thing you learn in screenwriting class is, you know, they, they talk about Chekhov's cowl. <laughs> <laughs> if you're going to have a cowl, someone's going to use it. And if Before you, the end of the second act or whatever. And if you, well, you show the cowl in the first act, you refer to the cowl in the second act, you use the cowl in the third act when it gets a little nippy. <laughs> and if you don't, the, the rule we learned was use the cowl or someone will have a cow. It's right out of Sid Field. I'm, I'm just quoting him. Anyway. So, Blanche, what did you think of Taskmaster as a, uh, I guess, a villain? As an opponent? As an antagonist? I... I didn't. I don't have an opinion. Uh, it's fine. I didn't know. Like as I told John, I said, "Hey, we're moving to a whole other realm of like Marvel comics that, like, I don't know. So it's all going to be new to me. This next phase. So uh, yeah, we're we're meeting, meeting characters I don't know anything about. So I had no thoughts going in about what the Taskmaster is supposed to be. Um, I think fine. it worked for me because of that. Did it work for you because you didn't know who she's supposed to be? Yeah. 
I think so. I, I agree that I felt the costume looked a little cheap. I was like, oh, that's kind of silly looking. But other than that, once I got over that, which I got over pretty quickly, because it was the ac- action sequences were pretty cool. Yeah, I didn't care. Well, that that's actually a very, very good point, because... People who were steeped in the lore and then saw the reveal that they gender flipped the character and given a new identity, those people had a reaction. And the rest of us who really didn't know one way or the other or care had a different reaction that was more related to what was going on in the movie. Because mm-hmm. in the movie, the revelation of who Taskmaster is, the surprise isn't it, oh, it's not Tim Masters or whatever his name is. It's that, oh, it's the villain's daughter. And look what he did to her. Um, yeah. I actually thought when we learned that, I thought, well, gee... Natasha, you did a lousy job on blowing anybody up. <laughs> I think she totally failed. She, but anyway. Yeah, her intended victims were clearly insufficiently blown up. And, <laughs> they uh, didn't blow up real good. They didn't blow up real good at all. In fact, the target, what's his name, hadn't so much as, as, a, uh, as a skin blemish to show for it. Well, because he used his daughter as a shield. Oh, okay. All right. Those Russians, so practical. But Blanche, I, I think, brought up an interesting point as we go into, what is this, phase four now? They're going to be drawing on comics and comic book characters who are perhaps less well-known. I mean, I thought the Guardians of the Galaxy were about as obscure as they could get. But I have a feeling they're throwing open the vaults. We're going to see a lot of stuff that, unless you've been reading comics steadily since, you know, 1976, you're going to be in the dark a lot. Yeah. And um, They kind of have to. Because I, I was saying to, to Blanche that all these characters in the comics, they don't age, mm-hmm. but these actors do. Yep. So, you know, they have to start shifting over to other other characters that can, they can be fresher and still be young. That's the introduction of Yelena Belova. And the universe, the multiverse. And the multiverse, exactly, where you can have different versions of, of the same characters played by different actors at different ages. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll get an alpaca Black Widow. <laughs> well, the we fans had a gay to Loki. I want an alpaca Black Widow. The fans have been demanding it. Be in the Howard the Duck movie. I don't think an alpaca can make a hero landing like that. Ooh, Throw ooh, wait! I got another one. I got another one. It's an octopus that gets doused with gamma radiation, and we call it the Sea Hulk. We're probably for the Namor movie. You see, in my boat, the Sea Hulk. <laughs> Apparently, there's going to be multiple Hulks in the upcoming She-Hulk TV series. So you make it your wish. You never know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think we're going into Terra Incognita in a, in a lot of ways in this phase, and I'm happy with that. This movie, I think, did for me what it needed to do. I was always one of those people who wanted her to have a solo film. I thought she absolutely merited one. The fact that it came so late, and then when it did finally arrive, it was delayed. It was either one of the first big movies to be delayed by COVID and rescheduled or it was just the one I was most interested in. So I think the fact that it, the, the timing was so unfortunate gave it the feel of an anticlimax. And a lot of people are saying, well, it's just a who cares small little movie. These are some of the critiques I'm hearing. I think it was intended to be in some ways smaller than the average Marvel movie because the emotional stakes were foregrounded. It's mostly about this person who's, who's I'm better on my own, as she repeatedly says, coming to discover that she has family. She has family. I mean, she, she thought she had one with the Russians and then that was taken away from her. She thought she had it with the Avengers and then Civil War blew all that up. And then she discovered that no, family is something that endures. And in some ways, it made her sacrifice in Endgame more explicable. It, it made sense because family was so important to her. And we saw it in this movie that... She couldn't let Clint do die it because he had a family. Right. Turned out she did too. But 
she didn't she didn't care as much about hers as Clint did. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> thoroughly enjoyed the film. I thought it was in its own fit in the Marvel universe. It fit as a Marvel film. It had humor. It had self awareness, like with the uh, the hero pose, right? Mm-hmm. They acknowledge the fact that yeah, that's the, what they do, and they have a whole thing about that. I just love that uh, that they have a character that was over the top, but we know he's a good actor, and he was able to carry that off, even though he was so big and and abroad and stuff in his character. And uh, and it just you know this it just for me it was thoroughly enjoyable and it negated those those people who say oh a woman can't carry a movie yeah but it was mostly women carrying this movie yeah yes and uh, I don't know did anyone else have this experience while I was watching it you're aware of say Wonder Woman carrying the film because she doesn't have this supporting cast of people with similar abilities she stands out but while I was watching this. At no point until afterwards did it dawn on me that it was female-led action. It was her and her sister and her foster mother. Yes, David Harbour made a big impression, and you're right. He was way over the top, and that's exactly what the role called for, I think. And he he delivered. Mm -hmm. But he he didn't take over at any point. He was actually very much a supporting character. The The only person I think who was in danger of taking over was Florence Pugh, and that's solely because she was just stealing every damn scene she was in. And the way they've constructed her character... I mean, Natasha's always been wryly humorous, but Lena's more of that sort of bratty younger sister kind of comedy. And it it's different, but she was very funny and very likable. And I almost felt bad for Scarlett Johansson at certain points. going to go, this is your valedictory and you're just getting <laughs> upstaged by this woman. But she didn't play it like someone who was, you know, you could sometimes tell when, when actors are miffed that I don't know, I'm supposed to be the star. I didn't get that. The, I, I believed all the emotional beats. And because she became so important to Natasha, it was easy for me to embrace her and consider important. And, and I would have been afraid that she would die because that's usually yeah. that person's role if I didn't know that she was already cast in the upcoming Hawkeye TV series. Can I tell you that I totally love the bickering between the two sisters much more than the bickering between Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, absolutely going along with the stuff scott said i did like the way they constructed this relationship and this character because and i think she was necessary because natasha had in the previous movies even though she's been there and she's been solid and she's been throughout like from the beginning for crying out loud Mm -hmm. she wasn't given much and scarlett johansson made the best of every one-liner she was handed and and was impactful, even though she hardly spoke at all. She was the strong, silent type, and when shit went down, she was there. And I was wondering, well, how is this mostly quiet, loner person going to lead a film, especially a Marvel-style film, where there's a lot of whippy silliness thrown throughout? Um, and they did that with the sister, and it made it a really wonderful thing, because suddenly, as soon as they're together, they're bickering, like... <laughs> like siblings and then when they get with dad same thing oh there you go again you know it's like suddenly that family dynamic which is the first indicator that oh yeah they're a family even though it was only three years which we didn't know till later uh and it was fake it was very real to them and this movie had so much character development so much backstory so much talking so many conversations i was shocked watching this movie going this is just this this is like two full scenes of women just talking and I was wondering if anybody was going to get bored. If everybody, I was like, I, wanna, I wonder if anybody said, oh, yeah, the action sequences were great, but my gosh, there's so much talking. But I wasn't. And I asked John about it, and he said he didn't even realize that that was the yeah, case. I, I wasn't even aware of it. 
does this movie pass the Bechdel test? I'm not sure because they talk a lot about the various Avengers and they talk a lot about dad and they talk a lot about the guy who ran, ran the program. So there's a lot of talking about other men. So <laughs> I'm not sure if it does actually <laughs> watch it again to look out for it. I didn't notice that. And, and when you were talking, I was thinking back. You're absolutely right. There, sh- there should have been a point where I thought, oh, so they hedged their bets. They didn't spend a lot of money. It's going to be like a TV episode. There's going to be a lot of talking heads, and then we'll have two or three action sequences, and we'll have to be happy with that. But no, the action was fairly well-spaced about the film. It was nicely paced, I thought. And the emotional stuff had me grip the family trauma, which I ordinarily don't respond that well to. I was fascinated by it, and I love, you're right, the sisterly, the sibling rivalry and the, the bickering was so perfect because when they rescued Lexi from the the prison, which was a pretty amazing sequence. Oh, that was yeah. amazing. Gunshots and rockets and the helicopter. An and sun- There's an avalanche suddenly. <laughs> what else can we throw in here? Yeah, exactly. They just piled on and I loved it. But as soon as he gets in the helicopter and he, he thinks they're going to have this tremendous reunion and it doesn't come off that way. He's going, what's wrong with you on your, on your, on your period? And they both lay into him. Oh, that was exactly. awesome. One yes. thing this movie didn't shy away from that I was also impressed with was that, talking about, we had hysterectomies. No, and, and then the joke of, you know, I was about to mention fallopian tubes. And they just went right for it. And then the other thing was, was talking about the younger sister's you know, around the dinner table where she's like, no, it was real to me. And she she goes back to being that child and how traumatic that was. And they they hit it on it. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of I think a lot of shows or movies, especially an action movie, would never have touched on any of those issues. And they did. I was impressed. You're right. One of the things I loved about Florence Pugh is how she was sort of an adult, but she'd had such a traumatic and bizarre upbringing. She had a normal childhood with this fake family that she cherished and clung to. And then the rest of it was just, you're an assassin. I mean, one of the things I laughed at was when he, you know, he said, oh, I'm so proud of you, Natasha, you're an Avenger. And you, Elena, you were, you were the world's greatest child assassin. And I thought, well, you know, it's, it's not like winning the spelling bee, but I guess. <laughs> just, well, they're all in the family business. They're all in the family, exactly. And... So she was kind of emotionally stunted, and that came through when they would get together, and she would instantly fall back in that dynamic. For instance, when they're, Natasha's trying to lay down the law when they're at the first dinner scene, they're sitting around the table, and she said, this is what's going to happen. And she keeps trying to get it going, and they keep, you know, sit up, you're slouching, or they're arguing, and then the mother says something to Elena, and Elena did the perfect little sort of thing. What? I didn't say anything. That's not fair. It's like, I was, no, I'm on your side. They hinted at and delivered the family dynamic in very small, really well-chosen bites and got it across without a lot of exposition, which, yes. which, is, which is a Marvel hallmark. I don't know. What, what do you think? Do you think the reaction to the film, which a lot of it is very positive, the people who dislike it, do you think it had to do, at least in part, with the fact that so much time has gone by, people were locked down, unable to go to the movies for so long, that some people wanted the experience to be bigger because they were going back to the movies and they they wanted to have that end game experience and this this was really more ant-man of the wasp kind of sized do, do you think that had anything to do with it the fact that circumstances under which it was finally released upon an unwary world well i'm thinking one of the factors is the marvel tv series that those were their quiet moments people kind of was like oh well wait till black widow comes out. Mm. maybe it was kind of a compare contrast thing that's that's a good point, Mary. But I think that it may be the stakes, because we know. I think that that has to do with some of it. I think there were always going to be people who hated 
were going to hate because I, I knew even going back. Remember here when it was announced that there was going to be a Black Widow movie, there were some people who were like, oh, why? So there were always some people who just never wanted to have that. So there's those people were never going to want it. And the stakes, knowing that she's going to be fine. And, and, and then, like you said, Scott, I didn't know that Natasha's sister was going to be in the Hawk. Hawkman? Hawkeye series. Uh, Hawkeye, sorry. Hawkeye. But of course, at the end, at the end of that, you're like, oh, well, she's going to be in the Hawkeyes. Yeah, sorry, not Hawkman. But I, no, it was big. It was still really big. I mean, these action sequences, like we, we mentioned the, the, the breakout sequence. Good Lord. And then the, the, the final sequence where they're fighting throughout a crashing, crumbling space. No, not even space. Sky headquarters. I mean, <laughs> it was ridiculous. And I was eating it up because it was just so over the top. And then, of course, they land on the ground fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's like one bounce, I'm good. You know, yeah. stuck the landing. Stuck so, the landing. As Blind said, not a single person said, ow, that went my eye. Yeah. <laughs> ow, my finger. All the debris flying around, there would have been so much in my eyes. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> oh, why did I wear my contacts today? So, Jeff, where it falls in the continuity affected your enjoyment. Do you think where it falls in our little history of COVID had any impact on your judgment? It's not. No, it's not the COVID thing. I just feel like this movie should have been made while she was still alive. Well, the actress isn't it, dead. It, it's just me. It, no, I mean the character. Yeah. I feel like this should this should have been like a phase three film. or it just, I just feel like it should have been done before she was alive. Like I said, this is, this is where I'm being grumpy McGrubbness because I, I did what I liked what I saw. It just, unfortunately, the fact that I, like I said before, I feel this made beforehand, the fact that it took this freak along long and it took her death to get her film actually made, it just kind of soured me. I just, I just didn't care. And again, everything that you guys are saying is right. <clears throat> so don't listen to Grumpy McGrumpnuts. It is an entertaining film. I personally just didn't care. Well, let me ask you guys something because this was, this was in my mind when we were driving back. I enjoyed it more than some other Marvel movies. For instance, more than the first Ant-Man which I, I enjoyed fine, but this one hit me a little bit harder. And I kept thinking, well, why why couldn't they just have swapped out Ant-Man? It doesn't matter if that came later. They could have given her that slot and it still would have had relevance because the character was alive in the continuity. But then I thought, yeah, but uh, it's, they had to set up Ant-Man so they could set up blah, 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 set up this. The problem with this was they planned these movies so far in advance and they all are interlocking. Mm. And I wondered whether they were surprised by how popular Black Widow was and that there was a, a large constituency and a vocal one for her having a solo movie. Because I, I, this, this debate has been raging for years now. I think Marvel may have just been caught off guard. I just, and I think because they get, they're in this mindset and DC is the same way, they relate popularity to toy sales. Yep. They always say the, the female action figures don't sell as well. Boys don't want to buy them. And girls don't buy the, those kind of toys. That's what they and always nobody say. Nobody wants to buy Batman if he goes down on a girl. So, I mean, it all ties together. Heroes don't do that, Jeff. I know, I know. So, I, I think that they kind of were in a, a, a real quandary. I mean, you look at Kevin Feige introducing slates of, of upcoming films, and it's stuff that goes three, four years into the future. They have these very long laid plans. Well, in, in truth, if you think about it, other than explaining where she was before she went to save the guys from prison, the Avengers from prison, this film could have just not been included in the timeline. It would not change their advancing of their story 
at all. Mm-hmm. It didn't really advance the Marvel timeline. It just said, let's learn about her now. And let's introduce the new Black Widow. Yes. Do you think Marvel made a mistake by maybe they could have put it out as a series rather than waiting for it and releasing it as a full-on movie? My feeling is they would have gotten roasted if they did that. People said, you can't ever give her a movie. You oh, can't they, ever oh they would have. You're right. Yeah, It would have. It's true. But it would have been a yeah. great series, too. It would have been a great yeah, series yes. because the stuff I really enjoyed the most was the, the emotional family drama. And as Loki's showing with the past few episodes, they have no problem doing huge action set pieces on television now. It's pretty remarkable. So they, they could have done it, and it might have actually been more satisfying. I'm glad they did because this this film was so well constructed and so co- compacted and the flow is so good that if you tried to stretch that out into a bunch of series they would have to do all this extra writing and it would at some point in time lose you know lose some of its impact when stretched out for over a, over a number of different episodes that's a very good point um yeah. the way i look at this movie is three ways one, it's just a very entertaining kind of Winter Soldier style, Bourne style espionage action picture, which I like. I've always liked. I grew up on Bond. So I dig that kind of thing. Uh, the other is a, is a valedictory address from Scarlett Johansson, her farewell tour as the character. And as an origin story for Yelena Belova, who I think is poised to become pretty important in the next phase. To my mind, those were the three goals of the film and it met them all. The sad part is just how scrambled things are going to get. And we may all, Marvel and us and the audience, may have to to tap dance a bit to get through all this because when they introduced Julia Louis-Dreyfus' Val at the end in that post-credit sequence... We already know who she is. Right. Well, she was presented in a way that we were supposed to know who she was. Oh, it's her. But she was supposed to have appeared in that sequence before she appeared in Falcon and Winter Soldier. Exactly. So it's like, okay, do we know who she is? Are we supposed to know so it's a little confusing, but that's fine. It's not not like I have to take a test. <laughs> Guys, I'm sorry. I, I, I apologize for interrupting, but um, apparently I am responsible for the death of uh, three timelines, Mike and Ike and Disco. And uh, I am about to go be put on trial. Um, I have to go. I only have a few seconds left. So let me give you my fascinating and irritating before I'm left to be judged. Um, you guys keep doing your thing and pray for me. Uh, my The thing that I liked about the movie is the fact that I liked anything about the movie at all. I was fascinated by how much I liked the film and annoyed by how much I didn't like the film and the fact that it was really... My entire gripe with the movie is my fascinating, irritating thing. Um, I think I'm about to go be abused by a very uh, Adam Warlock-ish style character. I am sorry. Be happy. Be free. Um, be whatever color you want. Be 21 and 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 and, and pray free to for be me. You and me. Um, 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 Excelsior. Oh no! I don't think he should get in trouble for disco. I don't think he should be rewarded for it either. Well, he, it's not like he had anything to do with yeah, it. Yeah, but, but somebody needs to pay. <laughs> okay, let's go to fascinating irritating. Rather than put anyone on the spot, who would like to go first? I'll go. Okay. Oh, yay. <laughs> so I was fascinated at all the talking. I was fascinated at the scenes that just were, which were so well done. And a lot of it has to do with um, the, the, please tell me her name, the young actress. Florence Pugh. 
Florence Pugh. She was wonderful and she was delightful and she she hit every note perfectly and she kept a lot of the conversations afloat in in her performance. Um, and and the subject matters that they that they touched on. It could have been an annoying, whiny, angsty like, oh my gosh, I don't care, cry me over. Oh no, your childhood sucked. Whatever. <laughs> you know, I could have hated it and I didn't. And I, it was it was really well done. Um, so I'm fascinating. I'm, I was really impressed with that. Uh, irritating. I'm gonna echo um, Jeff's gripe that it that it took this long. That it's now. Unless they want to do another prequel, there's nothing else for this Black Widow and Scarlett Johansson, and that's a that's a shame. She deserved better throughout, and um, yay, they finally gave her her due. And yet, for various reasons, it seems. For some people, it's just not enough. It was kind of too little, too late. And that's too bad. And so that's the irritating part. Okay. John? Uh, the fascinating thing for me was, uh, and Scott, you, you're aware of this. I mean, I have that my one of my impersonal acting rules that if you have things that are by themselves are action words, like sex or fuck or whatever, you should they shouldn't be punched mm-hmm. because they have their own value and they, they have their own impact. Well, they did that throughout this film. There's a story I think I told you about uh, when I was doing Gingerbread, Gingerbread Lady, and uh, the actress had a line that said, uh, when in prison, all she thought about was tuna sandwiches. First she thought about, and the way she delivered it was, first she thought about sex, then I thought about tuna, tuna sandwiches. And that just made it go flat. <laughs> if she had just tossed off, you know, first I thought about sex, then I thought about the other sandwiches, and punched the one that's minor. Well, throughout this, they did that. Like, uh, change of plan i have ruined one of the engines and now we're going to crash <laughs> you know it's like or, or or when she said i think you have to deal with him behind you you know that kind of just the very droll stuff that's very we know the, the action comes from we know what she's talking about and that's the you don't have to you don't have to convince us of that and they did that throughout this film which is great my annoying was at the very end when she was in the quinjet uh and they were waiting for the girls they're coming and i'm saying it's a hover jet you don't need to go down with the platform you could just hover and <laughs> wait there let the platform fall apart beneath you <laughs> but no they had to go down and go through flames and come out burning and you go oh, stop it stop yeah. <laughs> you know? so anyway that was my irritating always with the practical physics stuff yes that always gets under your skin mary i think for me fascinating was I like how they set up Florence Pugh to be the next Black Widow. I like her character. I like when um, the avalanche was happening. She was like, this would be a cool way to die. Right. And then when they were going to remove her rain, this is not a cool way. Irritating. It took too long to come out. Mm. I have to agree with it. It should have been out, at least streaming. They couldn't do that. Well, they could have done it. They just refused to do it. They refused to, and they I think they should have. I think it would have been a nice finale to Endgame. Better well, than the Snyder Cut. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Basically, this was... Here's what happened to Black Widow between Civil War and Infinity War. This it was Black. Was. It was Black Widow's school report. What I did on my summer vacation. Basically, yes. So I was. I they could have. They could have released that. They could have. It could have streamed, and it would have done great. Although I understand this is on track to do really, really, really well this summer. But yeah, everything that's been released on streaming during COVID was a financial disaster for the production companies, 
And Disney does not do financial disasters. Disney was happy to make us wait until Kingdom fucking come before they release anything and lose a dime. So... No, don't remind me of Kingdom Come. Oh, sorry. That's another. That's a whole other comic. <laughs> Fascinating for me is really how well it worked on as a dual track film. How well it worked giving Natasha her due while introducing her her Eve Harrington like replacement, <laughs> and how amazingly, how refreshingly, how quickly Florence Pugh popped. Did anyone see Greta Gerwig's Little Women? I think it came out in 2019. Anybody see that? No. No. That's where I first saw Florence Pugh. And she was playing the very hateful Amy March. It's a character you're just supposed to loathe. And she found some way to make her sympathetic. And I thought, this woman has some serious acting chops. I should make myself aware of her so I can follow her career. And then here she goes. First time out of the gate in a big budget blockbuster. And she did really, really well. So I have high hopes for what's coming. I, now I'm very excited about the Hawkeye show. I was like, eh. And they were going to bring in Haley Steinfeld as um, Kate, Kate Bishop, Bishop, who is a beloved character in the comics. So I thought that'll be fine. But now I know Florence Pugh is going to be in it as an antagonist, at least in the beginning. I'm very excited. So yeah, smart. I do. Can I add something? Sure. Um, my eyeballs dried out while watching the movie because I didn't want to blink. <laughs> there was a lot going on. There was so much going on. So I, that's a trophy to you, Marvel Studios. and Marvel learned a hard lesson here. They were playing by the old Hollywood rules of you, you cannot have a female-led action franchise. you got to be aware of, of the dude bros and the toy sales and all that stuff. And I think they paid a price in public goodwill as a result of it. And I'm hoping going forward they don't make that mistake. That now they start they start introducing and foregrounding their female characters more often, which which they're they're doing in the TV shows. I mean, WandaVision was their first huge television success, and it really made people perk up and take notice. And uh, She Hulk is coming. Like I say, they're introducing Kate Bishop in the Hawkeye, so she's probably going to be doing what Florence Pugh did in Black Widow, taking on the mantle. So I'm hoping that this next phase will give the female characters their due, and we won't have to have these exhausting fan uprisings every few months demanding that these characters be treated seriously. So it gave me a little bit of hope for um, where Marvel's going and made me a little bit more excited. So I, I can't ask much more of a movie than that. Agreed. Yeah, I, watching the movie, I was, I was, I constantly was saying, we're going to be doing a podcast. I got to find something to criticize. <laughs> and I couldn't find anything. <laughs> frustrating oh no <laughs> every once in a while we get one of those damn movies that refuses to meet us halfway by sucking <laughs> and, but you know what and I, I agree with what you said earlier scott uh there's a certain also the element of uh, we had a date night it was yeah. fun. We there, went out. There we went that. to the movie. Then we went out to get dinner. We tried a new place that just uh, opened. And, yeah, a new brewery, and it was good. and the food was good. And I don't know, it was just a great night. And so, yeah, it was definitely filled in with those warm feelings of, hey, this feels right. <laughs> Thanks, Black Widow. We, we all we got to go out on a date night, and now the whole movie crew is back together, absent Jeff, who is having some sort of intergalactic experience. I hope he's Do you think okay. he needs a lawyer? I think I he think needs... I think he does. He, think, he needs lawyers, plural. He needs lawyers, guns, and money. <laughs> I think Birdman can help him. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Harvey Birdman. Birdman. 
Thanks very much for the whole movie crew for coming back to talk Black Widow and Marvel. Thanks to my possibly late co-host, Jeff. We'll never forget him. And thanks to you for listening. We will be back in two weeks or less with more of this nonsense. And until later, what was all that stuff going on with Jeff? I think he's legit losing his fucking... Oh my God, it's time to... Oh my God, it's time to... Oh my God, it's time to... Be on tap. Gives your hair super body, super hold. Brewed with one-third real beer. Wow. But don't drink it. A lot of people think I'm Bill Cosby, but uh, I'm really tooth decay. What makes a dog and a frog on a log in a bog? Fun to eat, alphabets. What makes a duck in a truck that's stuck? Fun to eat, alphabets. A complete breakfast with alphabets is nutritious. Every little letter is A, B, C, D, A, B, C, delicious. Who's the McFriendliest fellow in town? Who's our McFavorite hamburger clown? Watch us make your food up fresh at Taco Bell, Taco Bell. Can you feel your taste buds tingle? Taco Bell, Taco Bell. Oh, Mr. Whipple, Charmin bathroom tissue is so squeezably soft, it's irresistible. Charmin has a squeezable softness that's rich and fluffy. Soft fragrance, too. I only squeeze Charmin. It's a pleasure to squeeze. Me, Joyce DeWitt, wear panty and pantyhose in one. Not who left their undie legs. The one with the stay put panty. Undie legs. Who's got that juicy flame raw burger? That's never, never fried. Who's got Coke and crispy French fries? It's Burger King and I. There was a stranger who came into our town. He was tall and had eyes that could look right to the bottom of you. We might have welcomed him, except for one thing, his pants. G.I. Joe, now with lifelike hair, from Hasbro. I got rid of my two-wear, yeah, something super new in underwear. I've seen the tub sub. We're sure you'll agree, it looks great in the water where a tub sub should be. Weevable tub sub comes with its own weevil. Other weevils sold separately in pairs from Romper Room. I just found out about a great tampon. It's called Rely, and it's by Procter & Gamble. No, you just it, I get Tim Tempest's Time Dick is a registered trademark of Street and Smith Publications and appears monthly in Time Dick magazine.